When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Corden. Everyone, Corden. Uh, oh. Daddy Corden. I'm trying to figure out. Cordon Blue. Can I? Can I just say real quick mm-hmm. um, that you can call me uh, Bustopher Jones because I'm Corden. Yeah. There uh, we go. It took me. Okay. It took me way too long to Google uh, James Corden's cat character's name in Cats. <laughs> You'd well, think, that's just you'd think you could type in James Corden cats and it would just be like Christopher <laughs> Jones, but it, it's you got to go deep. You have to go to the fucking fandom page. Well, you should have you should have just seen the movie and then you, you wouldn't know. have had to. Christopher Jones it's cats. <laughs> okay, glad I got that in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming. This was really great. <laughs> Anything to plug? <laughs> are still in Dref's office after the seance has ended and everyone is sitting with the knowledge and kind of emotional weight of what you have all just gone through. You spoke to someone that you thought you lost and he warned you of dangers that you cannot see. What's going on with everyone? Jonet goes to the stool picks up the tweezers and he puts the tweezers in his pocket then he turns around to gable and travis and asks have you ever done anything like that margaret i i i get that maybe you have but have you two i've done a lot (laughs) oh i've done a lot and I have never done anything like that. I've mixed with charlatans who claimed they could. And once or twice, the idea seemed plausible. But never anything quite like that. So then Jonet looks to Margaret and just very earnestly just, thank you. I am very happy that I was able to provide that service for you. Like I said, we don't get to pick our goodbyes, which can make things feel very messy. Uh, Your friend was extraordinary. Um, It is very rare that 
we are able to speak back and forth with a spirit like that. And I imagine a lot of it had to do with the spells that he cast. But most of the time, we're just opening a channel so people can feel as though they get to say the things that they never got to say. And some people need that very much, which is one of the reasons that charlatans make so much money off of the surface. Truly, if it were available to the masses, I don't see why we would spend any sort of time in the real world. It's, it's, it, it opens up so much. Uh, I, uh, my mind is racing. I'm, 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 I saw Dref. I talked to Dref, but also I can't stop thinking about who else is in there. Who's stuck between planes? That is something that I can't stop thinking about now as well. The fact that most of the people that I call to have been gone for some time and are very changed and are very disconnected from who they used to be. The, The fact that there are people who have landed themselves there, and more than that, that there is a group of wardens that polices that place unnaturally. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised. Wherever there are places that cannot defend themselves, greedy men seek to take over and police those places. Where did they come from? What are they? Both very pressing questions. Perhaps not for today. It is something to think about generally. Travis, we know that when Dref passed, you saw the cutting stone, but... If they have been chasing you, they must have been chasing you long before that situation. Well, they must not be very good because it's not, you know, it's not like I do anything to hide from, you know, people other than the people who are around me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I do it in the privacy of my own bunk, like any respectable person should. Hmm. Uh, Let's think through that a little bit, though, Travis. You have spent a great deal of your life on the run. Well, from people, not from things. Not from things that I don't even know exist. The easiest way to catch someone is to not let them know that you're looking for them. Perhaps the mortal means that you have taken to conceal yourself from other enemies and pursuers are also working with this supernatural threat. So then these supernatural uh, wardens are as dumb as spit? Well, I think we're going to be okay. We haven't. They only have to get lucky once. (laughs) (laughs) Travis, how many changeling remains have you run into? Mm, That's a good question. I mean, in the show, it's only been the one. No. No. There's the skull. Skull. What was the, the skull? The deer skull. 
that you uh, got off the civility. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Man. Huh. Well, I've certainly encountered a few. Um, you know, I don't have a running tally, but they're they're not completely uncommon. Travis, do you n- understand how uncommon you are? <laughs> well, I've been told I'm one in a million, but I think that's by who? I think that's I a, need a name an overestimation. <laughs> who would be so brash as to compliment you? Who has met you? <laughs> well, I guess what what I mean, Travis, is hmm. most changelings only transform into one animal. Ah, uh, yes, well, um I only change into one at a time most of the time. Or maybe, maybe you know, you know, maybe it's the sort of thing where the farce queen could tell that, um, you know, I needed a little extra. Yes, uh, this is. You you are aware that reliquy the reliquy trade for changeling parts is very popular and common. Well, sure. Do you know why? Because they're cool and unique. Imagine for those who are not magical practitioners, that is something of the allure. But the true reason is if you perform rituals with changeling parts, you will be able to perform their transformations through spells, which as you know, has all sorts of benefits. Oh, Imagine like my hand. someone lying ill, allowing themselves to reborn to cure their injuries, or just the simple pleasure of walking around unseen as an animal. Now, are you telling me that we could take, for instance, a deer skull? from a changeling and use it to bring our friend, uh, Captain Oromar Vale, back. Margaret's eyebrows rise. That is not something that I had considered, but not entirely outside the realm of possibility. Hmm. I was just going to offer you up like a juice box. Well, that's kind of the the situation now, and I, quite honestly, don't prefer it. But you're a very good juice box. Well, I've heard... (laughs) Believe me, you're not the first person to tell me that. Who? 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 (laughs) (laughs) How drunk were they? (laughs) That specific phrase. How how could that be possible? (laughs) All I was trying to suggest Travis is there is a great depth to the type of thing that you are and one that not a lot of people understand and it seems like one you have neglected to investigate or contemplate well I've got time well there are more changelings out there and every time a changeling transforms they die so Maybe the cutting stone is used to having 
blips of people die, and it's not necessarily something... It's something they see, but don't hunt or take notice of. I, I... Or perhaps they do hunt, and that is the reason that there are not many changelings. And many We know relics. mortal people chase mm. changelings for their reliquy, but perhaps the cutting stone takes them as well. Mm. Is Travis's ability to change into a different animal a way that he's able to stay hidden? They're, they're not ever chasing the same bird. They're chasing a different bird. I think you might have stumbled upon it. Margaret, I think something that's important to explain is that you don't really get that mm-hmm. phrase completely because you weren't there. See, what, what's you know? there to get about it? If you well, say it's... something really, really frequently and it doesn't have any meaning, eventually it has meaning. It comes back around, you see. It's As tenfold. an outsider. Put it on a shirt. It, <laughs> it feels like that was almost a wasted opportunity of a thing because it's not funny on its own and it's only funny because of the context that you created around it. <laughs> That's good writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's situational comedy instead of like good content-filled comedy. <laughs> Look, as far as I'm concerned, the only good comedy is prop comedy, and you can take that to the bank. I would have to agree with you. I enjoy it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I follow Carrot Top on Instagram, and he works hard. Is this okay. okay? <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. He works out. I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy, does he. Anyway. Carrot Top um, is absolutely a member of the crew now. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Travis, one of the reasons that I suggested that you change your transformation times and have your transformations at night Well, it's twofold. The first is we know that the queen follows you and observes you. I believe the change will help you conceal yourself in some small way. I also think you're a bit of a night owl. Mm. But eventually, you'll be able to transform at different equinoxes. Right now, you transform at the transition between night and day. Wouldn't it be much more convenient to transition at high noon and midnight? Hmm. Well, the I mean, the ultimate convenience would be to be able to transform whenever I wanted. Yes, that that could be possible too. There are depths of training this ability which have yet to be investigated. Mainly, I, I think now taking in all of this. Because so many changelings have been cut down before they've been able to familiarize themselves with themselves. I have a question. Well, maybe I don't know if Travis knows this or not. So I don't know if this is a if this is Johnny asking a question or Travis asking a question. Interesting. I imagine that's pretty real for you. Like yeah. happens all the time. <laughs> is there Just, any Lenik in there? Uh, yes. <laughs> There's it's all it's all the one man. <laughs> um, are all changelings immortal? And does Travis know the answer to this? So I, I think 
it's probably spotty for you. Uh, one of the reasons we know the conversation that you had with the snake uh, who sold you the rabbit's foot mm. is that he, from his experience, believed that he was a very long-lived changeling. But I don't think it's because changelings are meeting natural ends. Hmm. Okay. But if you would like there to be another changeling out there that you have encountered and have encountered like at different enough times that you know they might be immortal, we can draw a luminary for that. Oh, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Let's play a little game Put here. Put some game in your game. <laughs> yeah. Can't spell game without game. Cannot. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, I'll come over to I'll let me fly to LA. I'll come into your room so I can get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the luminary that I drew is the Star Watcher. Ooh. Let's take a look at them themes, baby. My friend is a Star Watcher. The Star Watcher, uh, also known as the Navigator, stands for Guidance, Wisdom, and Clarity. Uh, The divination here is, you will find information that clarifies your path forward. It will help you find hidden danger and provide you a path around it. Like a guiding star in the night, the Star Watcher is a fixed reminder that there is a path forward. That suggests to me that you probably did meet another changeling that allows you to know that other changelings because they die and are reborn they can theoretically live as immortals but there's something else that implies that who was this person when did when are the times that you encountered them and are they still alive i imagine as changelings realize because first of all I, I imagine that they don't realize initially that they're immortal mm-hmm. and I feel like as they realize you know I think they all probably have fairly similar um, trajectories where they once they realize they're immortal they kind of become more uh, reclusive to better hide the fact that they're immortals and also to not get close to people because they're just going to lose them so maybe it was someone who like very early on before I knew I was an immortal, but they would have been older. You know, maybe we had a run in in a bar or something somewhere. And um, we kind of, I'll say we started maybe working together on some, you know, some like little, little scam or so, you know, something maybe they were doing like, a, um, you know, some kind of three card Monty thing. And I played the, the role of the, like, you know, as a plant in the crowd, oh, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that, where we're just like scamming people. It's true. It's true. My head. Yeah. Back. yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, you, sir, come here and, you know, win some some bits or whatever. And then I think eventually one day they were gone and I just could not find them. And then I think years and years and years later, I was in some other town. I have realized that I am immortal. And they're doing the same, uh, they're like still doing the same grift with just mm-hmm. someone else Ooh. as the plant. And I think that they they do the grift and I volunteer to go up 
and like I actually win because I know his thing, but he can't say anything because it'll, you know, he can't be like, wait a minute, I know you. Uh, and then maybe we kind of talk it out in the bar after. Oh, that's cool. Like that. That's really cool. So that that implies to me that you don't know if uh, this changeling is is still at large, but like it did give you like the information that, yeah, changelings can theoretically be immortal, except for the fact that they can be violently killed. Mm-hmm. So if we bring this honestly might be kind of a, a two for one here. We use the skull to bring him back, and he gets to be a little immortal, which is apparently what he wants. And maybe he won't hate us so much, no, which I, is what I want. I think that's going to stick around for you specifically. Well, but maybe not for this, but just sort of because of In my general. whole deal. Yeah, yeah, your whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it it's worth bringing up the only issue that i can see with it is it leaves the larger issue to lie which is as soon as the captain's circumstances change dreff's tether will be cut adrift and dreff will be at the mercy of the cutting stone and both you and the captain in either circumstance will be hunted by the cutting stone as well well, aren't we already being hunted? I don't think I'm being hunted. I, I don't, don't think, think I personally or Gable is being hunted by the cutting stone. Well, you want to be? Not particularly. I got, I got I got plenty of changeling parts. We can do you both up. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> but so uh, am I correct in thinking that if the captain does come back, so does Dreff. But in coming back, Dref return the captain returns to his body, but Dref returns to his heart, and with nothing to sustain it, what's stopping he's left to die again? I the mechanics of this are unclear to me, and from what I understood unclear to your friend as well. Mm. Uh it seems he has the ability to perceive the answers to some of these questions, but not the faculty to retain that information long enough to act on it. It sounds like Captain Urimar's will is the only thing that is keeping Dref tethered to enough personality needed to actually act on all of the lessons he's learned over there. I I don't even know if we were, were to restore the captain in some way, shape, or form. I don't know that it would restore Dref. Mm. I, I, I am a magician, but I am mostly familiar with my sort of magic, which does work along the lines of bonds and connections. Some of what Dref and Oromar did to establish these tethers, that makes sense. I I can't imagine the mechanics of that are too terribly different than the mechanics of the threads I create between all of you to cast spells. Well, lucky for you, Dref left you this lovely library to research and kind of figure it out for us. Hmm. <laughs> 
Darling, I think my hands are going to be far too busy attending uh, to, again, the emotional wreckage that is your whole situation. Am I to understand that none of you have spent any time in this room since Dref passed? No, we we were planning on, you know, getting some exercise equipment to put in here eventually, but maybe use it as a craft room. I was sort of waiting on everyone else to make a decision and then I would just sort of go along with it and pretend that oh yeah that is also my idea and also jerk off Jerry spends a lot, a of, lot time of time in here and you, you just really don't want to walk in on his that room. yeah <laughs> it is again with my abilities it is unignorable that jerk off Jerry has spent more time here than any <laughs> of you well were you I mean, afraid of this place? Of how it made you feel? No, I'll jerk off wherever I want. <laughs> John, John, it does kind of like, he gets, he kind of get, uh, shrinks up at that and kind of gives a little bit of a nod. And yes, I'm very proud of you, John. John, it will also jerk off. No, no. <laughs> Travis. No. <laughs> Don't you turn this somberness into to jerk off. <laughs> That's a whole show, isn't it? John, it is 15, which means two things. One, we really don't want to talk about him jerking off. But also, two. Oh, you know, it. Oh, you, my goodness. Travis, just stop it. <laughs> you Stop. Stop it. Stop. Because I see, it, I have, see a, you're like a, a little baby's day out, walking, crawling all the way up to the edge of the uh, edge of the roof, and you're about to get on that metal girder, and I'm telling you right now, I don't think that's going to work out the way you want it to work out. Liz is just trying to pick us up and turn that baby around and just, just continue that forward just, motion back the way it came. Back the way it came. Baby, see ya. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, this week we gotta talk about the World Builder's end-of-year drive. For those of you who don't know, friend of the show and friend of the network, Patrick Rothfuss, runs a charity called World Builders that harnesses the power of good-hearted nerds to support charity. It's become a tradition at the end of every year that they run a drive for Heifer International, which is a charity that fights extreme poverty and creates food sustainability around the world by connecting people with sustainable resources and education. The goal is to make the kind of changes in people's lives that change them for the better forever. When you donate to Heifer International, it is expressed in the form of tangible benefits that people receive. For example, $20 pays for a flock of chicks, which grow into chickens that provide eggs and therefore food for a family. $30 gets a hive of honeybees, which can boost agricultural production in any area they're introduced to. And $275 sends a young girl to school. And when kids go through school, they bring those resources back into their communities and it makes everything better. Now, all of that good stuff is reason enough to give. But World Builders goes a step further. They reward supporters with the most buck-wild, nerdy raffle in the world. Every $10 you contribute to the World Builders end-of-year drive enters you to win really cool stuff. 
like books, games, and extremely cool pieces of nerdy hardware, including my personal favorite, a Wormwood gaming table. And Heroes, as if that wasn't enough, OneShot in particular has created a page to support the charity this year, and we're offering you, our listeners, additional benefits. If you can help us hit stretch goals, we will provide additional production for you this year. Currently, we're at $12,950, which is already a staggering amount. But if we can get to $15,000, I will release a short story that I just finished drafting today, set in the Skyjacks universe based on the characters from the Skyjacks theme by Arnie Parrott. We know that after poor Sim lost Eris, they wandered off into the rain, never to be seen or heard from again. Unless, of course, you're able to unlock this story, which includes not just information about that character, but some really juicy lore that has long-term plot implications to the world. And I would love to share it with you. After that, if we manage to hit $20,000, Patrick Rothfuss himself will appear on Skyjack's Courier's Call, reprising a role uh, that you will encounter very soon. Not this episode, but still very soon. Finally, and folks, I know I've put a lot in front of you so far, the one-shot team page also has special draws. 25 of the lucky heroes who donate to the one-shot team page will receive a copy of Noisy Person Cards, a voice-acting party game that I designed alongside Cat Cool that is currently not available anywhere else in the world and can't be distributed anyway except for charity. And something new that I'm extremely excited about, the World Builders charity has a tradition of creating role-playing ability cards. Basically, they're tokens printed on business cards that by the authority of the person who designed the card, or the production they're associated with, you can hand to your GM and demand that benefit in your game. And here's the thing, your GM will do it if they're cool. For instance, uh, Travis McElroy issued a card as Magnus Burnside that allows anyone to transform any single d20 roll into an 18. This year, Pat reached out to us because he wanted us to do special Skyjacks cards. And we did. The designs are still pending, but I can tell you there will be a Courier's Call card that, if used, will cause someone in your game of your choosing to receive a letter or package from a loved one at a critical moment. Folks, there's a lot of cool and creative stuff that you can do with that one, and I think it's very sweet and to the tone of Courier's Call. But the one I'm extremely excited about is the Skyjacks card. Because the campaign Skyjacks card is 8.3 times larger. If you use the Skyjacks card, you can transform any bird into a bird that is 8.3 times its size. There is an unbelievable amount of chaos that you can cause with that power. And we have 100 of these cards that will be going out to donors. And folks, I can tell you with the current number of donors, you have a really, really good chance of winning something. So if we've piqued your interest, please head to bit.ly slash OSN ends 2020 to join us on the Heroes End 2020 drive, or go to the World Builders End of Year fundraising page and look for the group that's currently raising more money than D&D. I have no idea if we're going to be able to maintain that, but I am extremely proud that we're doing it because we're a much smaller group than them. Once again, that is bit.ly slash OSN ends ENDS. 2020. Thanks to everyone who's donated and everyone who's going to hop aboard. Now, before we get back to the show, a quick thank you to all of our Patreon backers. 
folks, we would not be able to make the folks. We would not be able to make the show as good as it is without your support. We've got some rad bonus content coming up for performers soon as we enter our brand new arc. Patreon backers will be able to read the freelance content that created the area that we're headed to and listen to a special session zero that we did to kick this arc off. Again, a huge thank you to all of our backers, and because this took up enough time as it is, let's get back in the sky. Can't we just do a time jump? No! (laughs) It's... It's natural to be afraid of feelings like that. We don't want to have to sit with pain, especially if we feel there is a way to avoid it. But this person meant a great deal to all of you. And there are remnants of him. There are remnants of him here. There are even parts of his body. You might want to engage with those memories. Well, we're here now. Yes. Yes, that's true. At that, John, it kind of reaches down and he picks up he picks up the the notebook that Dref has his hair care stuff in and he takes it and he just holds on to it i don't know where this can lead but you know maybe i'll start here travis picks up the the journal that he brought originally gable it felt like your goodbye was hesitant well, he did call me out on that. That kind oh. of ruined my whole flow. I was not fully convinced that was my and Dref's final goodbye. And mm. so I didn't see the need to get all up in arms about it. Between himself that, and myself, I thought it was improbable. That is a very interesting perspective you have on the world. Just words mean things, you know? They do. On my part... Which notebook looks the oldest? I'm so glad you asked that specific question, Gable, (laughs) because there is a shelf of books uh, leather bound in varying like qualities and and sizes arranged in a, as as, uh, JPC pointed out, in a very organized way. Um, way. they are very clearly labeled and easy for you to, you know, engage with. But there is one book that doesn't seem to fit this system that has been put there that uh, appears extremely old. It is leather bound with a very decorative cover. And I don't know that you have seen it, but it is familiar to Jonnet and Travis. Gable is looking through the books. Their intention was mm-hmm. to find his first book where he's learning about necromancy. Yeah. And so they hold it up. I think I'd like to start where he started. See if I can best him. 
Margaret smiles at that. Well, you're probably going to want to read one of his books in order to do that. What? Is this not? Um, you look okay, well, down. Throws it over their shoulder. <laughs> you, you, you look down and a memory appears to you, a sudden memory. It is a traumatic memory. It is from the time you and Travis were imprisoned in a frozen place. You remember a church official very high-ranking official of the Church of the Slain God, walking around as warden of this frozen prison that is full of things that were like you. Maybe some fallen, you don't know for sure, but certainly changelings and other beings that were, for lack of better words, immortal or approached it in some way. This cruel warden walked that prison and carried this book. He would occasionally exchange words with you and write down observations about you in this very notebook. Like this? And suddenly, this is that one. Okay. This is the very one. How did it end up here? Like, did Dref take it? Travis and Jonnet found it aboard the civility. But why does Dref have it? Because they because just it was relevant to him. Like, like he it it was a church book. Oh my god, Travis! Oh, that that's that book. I haven't seen that in a while. Gable opens it. What's the first thing I see? You see pages of very deliberate handwriting just the the style of it kind of chills you because it implies something of the person that wrote it and this book and the entries in this book are actual things that a freelancer has written so i can share that with the group later on you'll have access to all of that information but it is written in the language of the church, which is kind of like a bastardized version of the divine language spoken by angels in heaven. Did we know the name of this particular official? This is the journal of Nikolai Cosimo that you have picked up randomly on this shelf. Gable throws it down on the ground. Nope. Jonet picks it up. What? What's up? Travis and I picked this up off the civility. It's just an old book, right? Well, if Travis is so interested about reading about himself, he'll find plenty of content in this particular tome. Are you in this book? Oh, really? John, it's just like flipping through pages. Yeah, it it is probably, it's written in a language that uh, maybe you don't understand, John. Yeah. Um, Or maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know, John. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like John it wouldn't know the divine language. I, is it mostly just text or are there like charts or any kind of like Yeah, th- there are charts. Man, this is just a good. I'm going to drop into chat just a little bit of what Tracy wrote. Okay. Cuz it's horrifying. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? Well, I thought for sure it's someone who's parks were longer and the dress weren't as full. I don't know what, what this means. James, this is about poor food is that yeah i mean you gotta really think about it in context oh oh Oh. 
good thing that Johnny can't fun. read that. Some long pig. Oh. I, yeah, I like that Liz and Tyler are like, oh, no. And Johnny's like, yeah, you eat people. You, you eat people. What are you going to do? <laughs> ah, ah, but why? Oh. Okay, well, great, 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 great. Love, love to see it, love to hear it. I mean, yeah, and because John had still got the book, he comes to that page and he knows it's he can't read it, but he's just he's very intently looking at that entry, and it's, it's just a little like a little concentration, a little bit of a furrowed brow. But he's like, I got nothing, and then maybe he he passes it to. Oh no, uh, Jonnet! I kind of feel like your eye flickers open a little uh, bit, and even if you don't understand oh. the language the meaning of the words on the page come through. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of got nut. And then he kind of goes silent. He looks up. He closes the book. And then he just, he hands it to Travis. I don't want to read this. I can't read it and I don't want to. Can't, Travis can't read this, correct? You've been around long enough. Maybe you can. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> sure. I'll make the fucking rules. Or I do. Um, and I want them to be there when they're inconvenient to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll flip. To, I'll just flip to like a random page, or maybe no. I want to thumb through and look for pictures of of me so that I know where to like try and start reading. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't know specifically uh, what Tracy might have written about you. uh, And if there's nothing there right now, uh, we can always go back and have Tracy write a little bit more. Okay. But yeah, I I think like it will probably not be hard to find like medical diagrams of like changeling animals um, and whatnot. So you can definitely find that. Well, this could prove useful you see john it's travis and i had a mutual fan a long time ago and boy did he enjoy i don't know his little fictions about us you you knew him is he dead is he still oh that's a good question how long ago was this i think that was like over a hundred years ago or, or maybe right on the cusp of a hundred years ago so it was a while I should hope not but if anyone had the wherewithal to seize magics that were not his own Nikolai Cosimo would find a way <laughs> let's just assume and hope that he's no longer with us well um... it is interesting that you were looking at a shelf full of books written by Dref and found the one that was not. If I were a superstitious person, I'd say that might mean something. I'd say it's the one that stood out because it was different. Or maybe I'm just not a very good friend, Margaret. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I am trying to say... Because I'm a fine friend. Thank you. All of you are so afraid of being hurt emotionally that you have ignored assets that you have had in front of you for weeks. Mm. Which is dangerous for you and everyone around you. Well, we've been a little busy. 
I understand that. And there are times in life where the world is, is full of busyness, but that is not an excuse to practice behaviors that hurt yourself. Dang, Margaret. Hard truths. I say this not to call you out or, or, or make you feel bad about yourselves. Right now you've been confronted with evidence that shows you that the behaviors that you've engaged in, the unhealthy emotional behaviors that you've engaged in, have cut you off from something important and maybe put you at risk. Travis, there's so much that you don't know about yourself, and this extends well beyond DREF. You have taken no steps to investigate your true nature, and I do believe that is an emotional decision that is tied up in emotions that you feel from the loss of your love and emotions that you feel surrounding your relationship with the Forest Queen, as they both have something to do with your condition. And don't feel sad about that or bad about it, but... Well, I won't. Know that there is another way to live. Well, sure, there are, there are plenty of ways to do plenty of things. And, I, and I'll, I'll say... I think I've made a lot of real progress and, and growth, and I'd, I'd go so far as to say character development recently. I would agree. I also say this to point out that this is not exclusively Mr. Matigo's problem. Thank you. It's what I've been saying all along, and no one would listen. Glad someone else here agrees with me that there are issues with other people here. Jonnet is very young, and... I don't believe he can be blamed for reacting in the way that he did because it is natural, but he will need guidance from older and, one would hope, wiser people. Well, and I've got One, one old, you. one wise. <laughs> I also say this because I know you are on the precipice of a very emotional conversation. When you talk to the captain, yes, part of what you're going to be doing is bringing solutions and thinking through the problems that you now know all of you face together. But the captain feels emotions. The captain has feelings about the situation that he is in and part of what you're going to do is resolve some of those unspoken frustrations. It, it's, uh, I guess that's long overdue. Um, he is the captain. Do you mean now or like eventually? I believe you should have this conversation when you're ready. And I believe you should take some time to think about what you want to say. I held my tongue when you were speaking to your friend because I believe he and I may have had very different views about this, but especially as living beings, I was shocked to hear that you felt because you didn't understand 
all the things that the necromantic magic you performed entailed, especially that the captain's spirit was attached to the body and remained, that what you were doing could be considered offensive or hurtful. I would think that having respect for anyone's body, whether they are alive or dead, is something that could be universally understood. And perhaps in this specific group, we might have a difference of how we view that. I know Travis has a very complicated relationship with his body and the many bodies he inhabits. And Gable, from what little I know of you, that could also be true. But if you go into the conversation with your captain under the impression that if his spirit hadn't been there, nothing wrong would have occurred, I don't know that you'll ever be able to see eye to eye or resolve anything. Uh, I guess there's no way to... point is taken. Yeah. There may not be any way to make amends, but we at least need to start. Because Tanat kind of landed us where we are right now, and we're all kind of afraid of the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a scary fella, and especially but knowing... He kind of has his reasons. ...sort of what we do now. <laughs> Perhaps if we had made even an attempt... To read a book, think about what Dref had done, do anything this, really. This <laughs> is would have understood. You know, you're 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 right, Gable. This is Dref's fault, and I appreciate that you don't had the that. courage well, to say don't it. Do that. That's, don't do that. I don't absolutely do that. believe you're that the Dref... juice box. You're the juice box, as you recall. Dref yeah, certainly see, people bears tell me that some all the of time. the blame. But it seems like he has resolved a little bit of that with the captain. Well, well, consider this. I have a very large boulder that's at the top of a very big hill. And I push the boulder off of the hill. And eventually, that boulder crashes into a house and kills an entire family. On the way down the hill, someone else is there wishes they could stop the boulder from destroying the house and killing the family. But there's simply too much momentum to stop the boulder. Who's to blame for killing the family? I don't think that's the metaphor here. I think the boulder fell and then hit a plateau, and then this person (laughs) who bore witness to the boulder decided... Well, that's where the boulder was going anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they kind of started pushing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or perhaps if you're gonna the do the metaphor, you gotta take it all the, the way hill. through, but <laughs> all the way. The boulder rolls down the hill, strikes the house and kills the family, and then the observer goes into the house and robs the family of its things. Well, they're not using their things anymore. <laughs> and there we have it. We've stumbled onto it. <laughs> uh-huh. Mar- Margaret, I do have to say. You're so able to synthesize our experience and put it to words in a way that I am incapable of and something that I really appreciate. And the only thing I can say is that I hope we don't lose you anytime soon. I have taken an interest in this group specifically, and my work called me to be with you. I 
feel it is my duty to unravel some of these complicated threads. The life of a black lily is a difficult one, and there is much of the future that I can't predict. I will be here as long as I am not called away to a different problem. And it is very clear that you need my help. Also, I enjoy it somewhat. Somewhat, but that's all I'm giving you. That's all we. That's all we I'll need. Take that's it. all we need. <laughs> somewhat. But in need the people dark. to be sort of into it. <laughs> I do think it's late, and I think also that you have very large tasks ahead of you, and part of the processing that you'll need to do now should be handled privately. So I will leave you to your business. I will say, don't rush into a conversation with the captain. Have it at a time when you know what you want to say and you feel comfortable saying it. With that, Margaret stands up and kind of like brushes down her dress and maneuvers herself out of the quarters here, which now feel so much more cramped than they did during your seance. Guys? Uh, are we keeping this room the way it is? Well, I feel like now, you know, Margaret would kind of be mad at us if we didn't redecorate and stuff. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's, (laughs) I was, I was going in a different, (laughs) I, 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 I I mean, I I think (laughs) Change, change I say what we you keep don't the books. like. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we keep the books, maybe get rid of some of the, I don't know, we're, no, we're not doctors. We're not going to use any of these bandages or whatever. But well, we should well, actually still keep the bandages <laughs> <laughs> for the injuries. I, I guess I was saying, because, well, you know, Dref said that when he you know, boarded the ship and came aboard. This was definitely the the medical quarters, but I mean, I assumed he kind of drifted up over time. Maybe we should keep it drift up and open to people that aren't jerk off Jerry. Yeah. Let's give it a once over. Fair. And with that, I think we leave them to their work. Tidying the small room and sorting through memories that, for some time, were too painful to confront. And that's the episode, folks! We finally <laughs> fucking did it! Scotty <laughs> <laughs> Jackson! Once again, return to the long line of prospective applicants for the Skyship Uhuru. We, we see someone step off the line and approach the table with a headshot and resume. Uh, please tell us what this character looks like. You see him walk up kind of sheepishly. I, I, I just I just stand here. 
Uh, okay. And he takes his place and he is wearing blue wizard robes. We're talking classic Disney wizard robes with white stars and moons adorning the fabric and a very traditional wizard's hat with a brim. Uh, he really looks like a cartoon TV wizard, except he is a mid-twenties chubby blonde cherub of a dweeb. That's what you see before you. Well, all right. We finally got someone who knows how to dress nice for an interview. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, that's a real honor. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Spit, should I call? Is that? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, oh, uh, do, you've do done not, research, absolutely, too. Absolutely do not call him Mr. Spit. Well, on first no, name basis, no. Awesome. <laughs> Adding an honorific might make it a little bit more of a sexual thing you, for me. You should I, only... Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, say it. Can you say it, please? No, please don't. What are you <laughs> doing? No. Oh, well, oh, well, hold on. We got a fan here. We got a fan here. No. It's sexual. Uh, <laughs> yes. The line... Oh, I love the that. Line I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were talking about it back there in the in the green room. Oh God, I, I'm so sorry. I I just got to say, first, I'm a huge fan. I am like <laughs> the biggest fan of you guys. Uh, uh, of all uh, of us, or just spit. Oh no, 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 all all of you, but like uh, spit. I just feel like we're kind of kindred spirits or something. Oh, gross. Uh, I'm a pass on this one. No, <laughs> uh, next. no, no, no. Hold on. Oh, no. Okay. No, we gotta uh, get. We gotta get that, through that sardonic wit of yours, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm, uh, well, uh, can can we start over? Let's Hi, start, my name's Squirt Purpler. That's Squirt Purpler. Uh, yes. Uh, you can call me Tech Wizard. That's kind of my, um, you know, Skyjack's moniker. If such a thing exists. Okay. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what to say. Hey, uh, well, tech, um, I just, uh, well, welcome. Thanks for, for, uh, joining us for being a fan. Um, what is, yeah, what was your yeah. last line of work? Where are you coming to us from? <laughs> uh, it's funny you should ask. I actually was part of a, a small crew, uh, before this very kind of intimate crew, just, uh, uh, four of us, but we really, we traveled, you know, uh, I would say like thousands of miles across a continent. And I kind of just, I developed a love for travel. And well, in the next episode, there's a total party kill. And, and so I, I was oh. just looking for new work. And I'm so you know, sorry. Oh, no, I no, it, it, it happens. Easy. It's no big deal. We're, we're grateful. Oh, yeah. And you're grateful for, <laughs> for being killed? No, I understand. Oh, Sometimes if, you need a release from the pressure of yeah, uh, a, a weekly totally. obligation. <laughs> now, exactly. do you do you have any advice on how to sort of um, speed up the process of a total party kill? Yeah. Because the, I there are a few folks uh, here that I would like to dispatch of um, sooner than yeah. later. And that sounds like a partial yeah, party I, kill. I think... <laughs> Partial party kill. Yeah, no, that's even easier, frankly. Well, to the total of the rest of the party that isn't me. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I would say the easiest thing to do would just uh, ask your editor to add like an explosion sound uh, mm. that cuts them off mid-sentence. And then if you could just record some screaming and crying B-roll or some like, you know, that's a wrap, you know, on, on Gable. It turns out that they can die. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Uh, uh, I, have, I have a few personal questions for you um mm -hmm. if you were to look at each of us and say that uh, we're obviously our own our own people but if we are being mm -hmm. played by other individuals are there 
any sort of quirks or things that really annoy you about those individuals that like as far as like auditory things that we've done oh. like mouth sounds like mouth or, sounds uh, like if you need to critique ticks. us at all <laughs> Uh, well, you know, listening to the show, I'd say most of that's gone. Um, <laughs> but they were there. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if I had to imagine. Now, is this something you really want to know? Because you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I, I, say would, this I would love some honest criticism. Yeah. Oh, we're rubbing that lamp, baby. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because um, I got to know what I got to turn up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay, so uh, Johnny, if you gotta, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm talking to dude in line. Johnny, sure, yeah, buddy, yeah, this is what we, I told you we would uh, we'd talk about this in the interview. Uh, <laughs> sorry, he guessed that this would happen. Travis, I would say if you had to turn something up, <laughs> I would just say it's okay if I just nail it every time, super fast, and never ever pause. Uh, yeah, uh, and I feel like we're gonna get some good results there. You guys will get good results. I'm I'm not on the crew yet. Um, yet. Oh my God. What am I saying? Um, right, you no, know, no, no. You're being optimistic. That that's good. That's good. You know uh, what I kind of want to. You, you mentioned uh, everyone that you were working with previously getting killed. And obviously you're part of an organization that's a group effort uh, sort mm -hmm. of thing. D do you, if you could do anything differently, uh, what would it be? M maybe well, to rectify that situation or maybe you just wanted to go out in a different way? I, I feel like I probably should have killed God at some point, you know? I mean, it doesn't hit as hard as you wanted to, you know? <laughs> really? No. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess grass is always greener and, you know, oh, I didn't kill God. My neighbor killed God. Like, I want that. But, um, <laughs> well, I guess like it would be, I've always, I feel like if I could turn into an animal that would have really changed things. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of sticky situations. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, they only get stickier once the animal thing comes into play. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, I'm so sorry. Travis, <laughs> can you say it? Can you just say it real quick, please? I'm, I'm such a big fan. Can you say it? Say, uh, say, you know, come hmm? on, the bird thing. Uh, cheap, cheap. I'm a, I'm a birdie. What is it? No, well, no, I don't know what you're, you're talking about. I'm a different bird. I'm a different bird. Hey, come on. Oh, oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I'm a different bird. Uh. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> <laughs> the line oh, is nuts, freaking man. out. I, I'm so, there are know, people I, foaming bird, at the mouth and seizing up. Bird. <laughs> I'll tell you why I was hesitant, because now someone's going to have to redo the supercut to get that one in there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm sure their editor can send them a clean take. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, what if I did that for everyone, though? Like, I'm a different snake. Uh, <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> I'm just coyote coyote is a hard word to say, and rabbit. There's too many syllables I'm there. I'm the same coyote. Um, <laughs> that was the issue. I'm a, I'm a different dog. Uh, yeah. I'm different than a dog. Uh, <laughs> well, sure. I'm a like different a, hair. I, I'm I different could... hair. I'm a different hair. Oh, that's fun. Uh -huh. I mean, we can all repeat no. something until it becomes something. You know. <laughs> okay, I think let's that's do it. I'm on the crew. I'm on the crew. I'm on the crew. 
let's trend back in the direction of, of, of more more questions. Now, we we are obviously a close kind of outfit here on the Uhuru. Yes. We like to think of ourselves as a family, but not not the sort of family that that you are born into, but one that you find. Uh, which can be a very a lot of different mm-hmm. dynamic for people in a workplace. They're not really familiar with that. Do you think you would work well in a found family environment? Yeah, you know, actually, I have, um, you know, on my uh, resume there, you can see I have four years' experience with found families, and I would say honestly, that's a very comfortable place for me to be. I think I can. Um, if a party needs a loser, you know, I, I can absolutely work my way into that. That's good because our loser recently died. Gable is right there, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. I just said, oh, yeah. I know. I just needed, wow. I needed somebody. I had to do it. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I'm a yes. I'm back to <laughs> yes, baby. Gable, oh. okay, you're so cool. I'm sorry. It I was just, a strategic oh, move. I really want to see how this works out uh, for him. Like in my human body, I felt it. Oh boy! Yeah. Okay, sorry. There's a little bit of kind of parasocial thing. I, I hear it. you and Travis go at each other like that, and I thought I could get in on it, but I real I crossed a boundary. That's there. their I thing. Yay! <laughs> That's their thing. You're right. Wolf You're right. Uh, well, okay. Uh, hey, John, it want a diaper? <laughs> what? No, uh, I don't know. You're, you yeah, high fived yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry. Jeez. Well, okay. All right, Tech. Well, well, how about this? You you say you can slot yourself into like a a loser position, but, you know, things change on the fly. And where do you see yourself if if you were to stand up and take charge? Like what situation would you feel most comfortable being at the forefront of the Uhuru? Okay. Well, I am a magic user. So I think that there is, um, you know what? I think actually, if I'm being real, my best skill would be when people start to get maybe a little too mean, I'd be like, come on, <laughs> you know, come on, guys. I, I feel well, like I, I could be a, a, a very unsuccessful mediator between Travis and Gable. Because okay. um, that, well, we would just turn on you then yes. and be mean to yes. you. Yeah, if, if you guys need a punching bag, uh, but I would say be careful not to do it too much because then people will turn on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think they would. No. I think yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would. I, uh, maybe we'll do like a uh, an informal poll to see sort of who um, who's more likable. <laughs> here's the thing: I think if it came down to a loyalty fight where they saw you being mean to this individual in particular, <laughs> I think that could go south for you really quick I, in ways that you could not imagine. Now, here's the thing. I've never, nothing has ever gone south for me. So I literally could not imagine that. So you are, you are technically correct. I'm sorry. That was a really great turnaround. You're so cool, Travis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a, I am a huge Huge fan. Okay, I, so the truth comes out. Well, that's that's already boy. one vote for We've me. Got a Travis fanboy here. All right, if that's the oh, situation, no, no, no. how mean, about you two go on your own the ship? The fanboy situation was obvious from jump. That was the oh. first behavior. Gable, have you been paying attention? No, I'm sad, and someone was mean to me. <laughs> no, Gable, I'm so sorry. I, I really no. I, I I'm a huge fan of all of you guys. Really. To be continued. 
Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like Neo Scum. Neo Scum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders. Z, an acerbic cyber troublemaker. Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech Wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. Join the irascible Neo Scum crew on a puerile rockin' road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.